the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Happy May 15 to you. When I say happy May 15, I mean happy May 15. Taking a look at the markets today, where are we? Probably not where we want to be. This is a market that is very sensitive right now. The SP 500 is down 18. The Dow is down 142. The NASDAQ down 50. That's a pretty big move down. Stocks are pressured. Walmart's results, not good. Walmart's sales growth was the weakest in five years. Now, Walmart may or may not mean something to you. I don't know. I've been into one Walmart in my whole entire life. Um, just because where I lived, I would never live close to one. Walmart stores the nation's largest retailer. Said its first quarter profit fell 5% from a year ago as bad weather winter. Bad winter weather. Bad winter. And falling international sales hampered its store's performance. Its total net income for the quarter was about $3.6 billion, down from last year's $3.7 billion. Revenue rose less than 1%. billion. Um, So they're saying the unreasonably unseasonable cold weather and the unreasonable disruptive weather negatively impacted sales and drove operating expenses higher than expected. Now, as Walmart goes, so goes America in theory because they're the largest retailer. The S&P 5, or I'm sorry, Walmart, is trading down 1.6% on the news. Eh, Okay, it's it's not at all disastrous. Like for a single company to be pulling the market down, it recently hit its all-time high not that long ago. Back in October, November of 2013. And it's at 78, 74, so it's pretty close to its all-time high. And again, we take a look at it on a five-year basis. It's gone from 48 to 80, which isn't bad. It's not bad at all. With a 2.4% dividend yield along the way. Um, It's not as good as the stock market's done. But this isn't the stock market. This is a large-cap company. So there was one piece of economic data out today that I find interesting. Home Builders Confidence. Um, builders' confidence in the market for newly constructed single-family homes declined in May to the lowest level in a year. This is according to a 
National Association of Home Builders Wells Fargo Housing Market Index. The index has been below 50 since February, indicating that builders generally are more pessimistic than optimistic. Reading above 50, optimistic. Reading below 50, pessimistic. So it seems like the builders are coming more in line with the reality of a modest recovery. What's interesting to chit-chat about that, though, is that housing data does predict recessions. It does predict slowdowns. Um, after all, you know, a big chunk of our money goes into housing, right? A big chunk of your paycheck. Housing data has been an extremely powerful indicator of the economy's health. Investors who pay attention to housing starts historically have had an early warning when the economy is about to sputter or even stumble into a recession. Seven out of the past eight recessions since 1959 have come after housing starts fell by 30%. The only time a recession didn't occur following a 30% drop in housing starts was one in the early 2000s following the bursting of the tech and telecom bubble. Interesting, right? So giving the value of housing data... When I tell you that home builder confidence hits its lowest in a year, you should probably be a little bit more concerned about the health of housing. And being that you have a 401k or maybe you're in retirement, you probably should be a little bit more, you know, worried. So the data right now doesn't say recession, but housing's getting weak pretty darn quickly. Just throwing it out there for you. Not trying to panic you. Uh, heck, markets can even move up in a, in a recession. It's difficult, but they can do it. Other stories of note today. We hit Walmart. We hit Home Builder Confidence. GM in the news again. Anytime GM's in the news, it's probably not a good thing right now. Later, maybe, but right now, no. Your car kills people? 13 people. General Motors recalled another 2.7 million cars yesterday, slash today, sending the company's total recalled vehicles in the U.S. this year alone to 11 million. It's the highest year ever for the auto industry as far as total recalls go. GM said they're pulling back cars to fix problems with brake lights, headlamps, power brakes. They'll take another $200 million charge this quarter, mostly to cover the repairs. Toyota, Ford, Chrysler, not just GM, have all set, I guess, a number this year that puts them on pace to break the record of 30.8 million recalled vehicles set in 2004. Now, a number of factors are playing into this for sure. GM's reviewing all of its vehicles for safety issues, and they're learning stuff. So, that's in the news. Another story in the news, lung screening could cost Medicare billions of dollars. Now, if you're a taxpayer, this is a big story. If you're a senior, this is a great story. Like, see how one story could be interpreted two different ways? Every person covered by Medicare would ultimately shell out an additional $3 a month if the government agreed to pay screen current and former smokers for lung cancer. It would cost Medicare $2 billion a year to follow recent advice that they've put in place to offer lung scans and fuel angst about rising health care costs. Not just smokers are involved in this. Everyone would be. 
So you'll pay more. Lung cancer is the world's number one cancer killer. It's usually found too late for treatment to be much good. Most deaths involve Medicare age people, and most are due to smoking. So there's a CT scan, a type of x-ray, that could cut the chances of dying from lung cancer by about 20%. People ages 55 to 79 who smoked a pack of cigarettes a day for 30 years or the equivalent, so just, you know, trying to prevent this, you know, the scans cost anywhere from 100 to $400, but obviously chemo costs a lot more. Interesting concept, huh? Do you want to pay a little bit more to save? 32% of all lung cancers being found at early stages um, versus 15% with more screening. Anyhow, with that being said, you can find me online, robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Twitter me, Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. YouTube me, Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. Find me on Facebook. Fan page, Cron 4, Rob Black. Welcome in. Rob Black and your buddy, I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. Here we are in the middle of May. Years go by pretty fast, huh? About 15 days away from halfway through. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money investing and more. Let's see what we got out there as far as, again, the big story seems to be Walmart missing estimates. Markets don't like that. In large part, it's very, very much so uh, it shows what's happening in the world. You know, a lot of people shop at Walmart. It's an understatement for me to say that. I don't have many understatements. Typically, I have overstatements. Larry Page, CEO of Google, came out with something that I found interesting. Every year, you get uh, publicly traded companies giving their annual report. Inside it, you get a CEO who's willing to write down some ideas and tell you what they think. Annual reports are golden. Golden pieces of information. So, obviously, uh, in his annual report letter... Gary Page mentions things like, you know, search and email and Chrome and accessing stuff to your laptop, TV, phone. But there's a couple other things that he states very emphatically that Google's going to conquer in the future. One of them being same-day delivery. He said, we're excited about our Google Shopping Express service, which is a great way to get deliveries the same day you order them. It has not been rolled out nationally. You can look at here in the Bay Area. Straight up threat to Amazon. Straight up. Another thing that he said we're going to conquer is curing death. Okay, now Larry Page is starting to sound like a vampire. In healthcare, Google's got a company called Calico, a new company led by former CEO of Genentech. 
that's focused on health, well-being, and longevity. A smart contact lens designed to transform the lives of people with diabetes. So he uses the word longevity. Page really believes that there's no need for humans to start dying naturally once they hit their 80s. Very interesting, Mr. Vampire. Mr. Dracula. Larry Page von Helsing Dracula. He also mentioned that we're going to conquer good design. And that's interesting. So, he likes the simplicity of the Google homepage. But he said the simplicity you know, was part of their, their original success. There's no reason that Google's principles of simplicity on their search page can't be applied to other products especially with so many devices and options and so much opportunity for distraction. So he's basically saying design has to really be implemented, not just by Apple, but by Google and others. And that's, again, a threat to Apple. Because the one thing Apple has is, is great design. Talked about conversational artificial intelligence search. This is four, five things he said he's going to conquer. This is number four on the list. Improved context, he said, will also help make search more natural and not a series of keywords. You artificially type into a keyword, keyboard. He said, we're getting closer. Like, ask how tall the Eiffel Tower is and then when it was built. So search will become, you know, voice-driven. Uh, it'll play on top of each other on previous levels. So he thinks we can make search more conversational. For most people, this isn't going to seem like much, but making computers handle human-style search requests and natural language patterns, it's a huge step forward in artificial intelligence. And the other thing he said that he's going to conquer, ah, we're just going to get 5 billion people who are not online. So 2 billion people out of the 7 billion on the planet, he wants the other 5 billion. 2 billion already connected. It's a tragedy that with so much information available today, two-thirds of the world's population lack even the basic Internet connection. Google's a $60 billion a year company. To move that needle, it needs to find new businesses that generate billions. And that's, again, where drones and you know setting up balloons with Internet service. I like the way he thinks. He thinks very expensively, but I like the way he thinks. Let's take a look at some of the market numbers out there today. We have the S&P 500 down 19, the Dow's down 155, the NASDAQ down 51. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He's our house financial planner for Rob Black. And your money you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of the questions that I get, Chad, on a regular basis are people who are trying to get the best stock, the best return on stocks, trying to beat the markets, trying to get yields for their cash that's higher than you know 0 to 1%, trying to chase performance. Let's talk about chasing performance, chasing yield. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, I, I tend to say that Anything over 6% is going to get start getting dangerous on you as far as income-oriented investing. Well, it's more than that now. So, I mean, if you're looking at some of the ETNs um, or ETFs that are in the muni bond area yep. and they're yielding over 4%, likely they're leveraged, okay. meaning they're borrowing money somewhere to buy even more so they can keep the yield up. So if you have any kind of a credit situation, let's say um, you know budget deficits of California get worse or uh, – Spain and Italy become the next Greece, which looks like it could very well happen, um, and you have some sort of credit event, you could see those funds lose 10 to 
um, high yield bonds, you know, the those are really considered the other alternative name for high yield bond is junk bond. They're right. lower credit ratings. And again, you can see those move just like stocks in value. I bought a lot of high yield stuff and convertible bonds in early 2009 that had 30% returns. And then I sold them. Um, still own actually a little bit now uh, because most funds to keep their interest rates above 4% own high yield and foreign bonds and some common stocks now. So, um, you know, people's portfolios are more, have higher beta now than they think. And we've seen entire firms you know, brought down like MF Global because they invested in Italian bonds a little bit too soon. Um, they're chasing performance. They're trying to stay ahead of the curve. Again, they went down for other reasons, but chasing yield can bring you down, and it can bring you down hard. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Franklin Templeton had one of the best foreign bond funds. They really stumbled in the first, or the last part of 2011. Uh, went into Irish bonds and things like that too early. So people stumble. And that's the other thing too, Rob, really – People need to be very careful of when you go through a period of increasing interest rates on being in really popular bond funds. Those are the funds where people cash out because they get scared, forcing the bond manager to sell bonds that they don't want to sell. You know, a lot of times if you hold the bond to maturity, you're going to end up being okay. But if your investors are dying for their money and you're forced to sell the bond at a loss, your NAV or your bond fund is going to fall. When do you think people should just say no to bond funds? Ever? Uh, no, well, if you're at a stable interest rate environment right. um, or rates are high and they look like they're coming down, buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity. Okay. Um, right now, I like the liquidity. We've de-risked our bond portfolio, though, to go to some really well-managed, much smaller funds so we don't have to um, – and even less known funds so we don't have to deal with that run on bonds if in 12 months you know, interest rates start to rise. Um, I would like to buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity, but the level that I have to buy them at, there's so many bonds out there paying at a premium. Okay. So in other words, you're going to pay 103 to $105 for a bond that's going to mature at $100 in five years. Have you ever considered um, like a, a Ford bond or a GM bond? Because we, we kind of assume those companies aren't going to go out of business. Yeah, but again, we're keeping an eye on our managers and make sure that they can get better prices than we can. Okay. You know what I mean? And an individual basis, and that's where you... Wait, wait, you said, do you know what I mean? And you looked at me like I know. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I have no clue what you just said there. Okay, so, well, when an individual buys a bond right. from a market maker, right. a lot of times you're paying a, a premium for a bond, and if you're buying at such a small level, you're going to get a much worse price than a PIMCO or somebody else that's a market maker in those areas. You I know what I mean? I'm as big as PIMCO. No, you're not as Well, you're a lot bigger than Bill Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the salt. You might, have, you might have 60 pounds on that guy. He's, he's, a, little, he's a little yoga guy. You just, went from, backwards you just went from subtle to not very subtle. <laughs> he's a little yoga guy. Have you met him? It, well, no. I think it's well known that he does like two hours of yoga a day or something like that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, yeah. The only thing I can tell you about Bill Gross is that mustache just flips me out. When he has it, it flips me out. When he shaves it, it flips me out. Comes and goes. So anything else that we need to know about this topic on chasing yield? No, I think just people have to, you know, quarterly keep an eye on their bond funds and what's in them. Um, a lot of bonds, funds that we owned and were successful with, we had to sell because we were getting prospectuses saying they were going to start buying more common stocks. I've talked about this before, and I think this is going to be a theme through 2012. Um, and, uh, again, you look, I would rather own the individual bonds when interest rates are high and coming down. Right now I'm, I'm, I'm liking what my bond managers are doing in my funds. It's good stuff. It's CFP Chad Burton. CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at New Focus Financial. So you can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. 
Another day, another strike by fast food workers across America. Hundreds of fast food workers have walked off their jobs in dozens of U.S. cities. You know, sometimes the location has to temporarily close or restaff while most of the managers fill in. A sympathetic protesters, you know, we see it and we're like, that sucks being an employee. No violence as of yet. McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, KFC, they're being targeted. Strikes targeting the $200 billion a year fast food industry at a time of intense competition. So the uh, strike started about 18 months ago, and they're really not gaining much. But I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to talk them down. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. My faith got saved this week when CBS canceled Two and a Half Men. After 11 seasons, 11 seasons too long. At one point in time, it was America's number one comedy, reflecting everything that's wrong with America. Making me as angry to be an American as I've ever been. So we got that going for us, right? What do you want to talk about today? You tell me. We'll talk about it. I think this is an interesting market in the sense that it's about time for a correction. And maybe this time it'll happen. I'm not afraid of corrections. I'm not a small fish. I'm not a big fish. I'm just a fish swimming in the water, and it's been a great run. And at times we're going to need to pause to refresh. Sometimes that's sectors that do it. Sometimes it's whole markets. It's, we're in a dilemma. A lot of people are predicting correction. I think the correction should happen when interest rates hit 3%, not when interest rates hit 2.4% on the 10-year Treasury. There's a lot to consider. You know, uh, yesterday the S&P 500 climbed half of 1%. The Russell 2000 dropped 1.6%. You take a look at the numbers today, and the S&P 500 is down another 1%. The Dow is down 1%. NASDAQ's down 1.2%. Keep in mind, earlier this week we were at record highs on the S&P and the Dow. Today we see home builder confidence weaken. And that, that's a scary thing to say out loud. That's not a good thing. Um, housing is a big part of our economy. And when home builder confidence, what they're going to build in the future, weakens... Jobs are lost. Electricians aren't paid. Hammer swingers aren't paid for swinging hammer. Sales expectations over the next six months rose one point to a 57 rating. Builders expressed some optimism that sales will pick up in the coming months. But it's getting more in line. Instead of being bullish, it's becoming more, we're looking for okay numbers, not looking for great numbers. 
you know, on the bright side, as home values are rising right now, more sellers are listing their homes. Inventories rose slightly in the last two months. That could help ease a shortage of housing. So the worst in the inventory seems to be over. But we need more production homes, too. They go hand in hand, my friend. Can I call you my friend? Be well, my friend. Uh, industrial production report today. I'm not going to get into industrial production. I think it would bore you. I think you'd, like, boo me, ultimately. So Ukraine seems to continue to be an issue. Uh, you're hearing more people like Bill Clinton chime in that Putin wants to create, you know, the old unified Russia, but not the old unified Russia from 40 years ago, but the old unified Russia from 140 years ago. Um, you know, Euro-Russia, uh, just basically taking everything back that, you know, the government once had as far as an empire. Russian President Vladimir Putin has almost achieved Russia's primary objective that arose after protesters in Kiev oust at Moscow-based President Viktor Yanukovych in February. Ukraine's government has lost the eastern regions of Donetsk and Lutansk after armed separatists held sham referendums, declared independence, asked Russia to annex the territories, and then seized election of offices to prevent voting in the country's May 25 parliamentary and presidential vote. Um, Russian officials are saying, you know, write this down, there's no such thing as a Ukraine. So Putin wants to go back to 1917. Uh, and previous. Part of it is gaining access to factories that make weapons for him. France is delivering some warships to Russia, thus telling you the whole U.S. embark, uh, just basically stopping Russia from getting what they need, the embargo, it's not going to work. Because other countries are going to jump in and say, you know what, we'll cover that. Walmart reported disappointing results and guides lower. That's weighing on the market today, for sure. Japan's GDP beat expectations. Suggested Bank of Japan will refrain from additional easing in June. Dollar index has been selling off. Commodities are in the red. Nothing's really working. Maybe some safety issues like utilities are working today and telecom services kind of a flight to yield, you know, flight to some dividend and flight to some visibility in future business. Weakness is really seen everywhere else, consumer discretionary, energy, healthcare, financials, industrials, and materials. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone, give me a call, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Jobless claims the U.S. reached its lowest level in seven years. That has to be positive, right? Fewest Americans in seven years filed applications for unemployment benefits. So the number hit 297,000. The way the job market continues to improve, the number of people collecting benefits keep going down. Labor markets, 1 through 10, 5 being yellow, 10 being green, 1 being red. I think we're probably at a 4, uh, moving higher, but it's moving like 3, 3 and a quarter, 3 and a half, 3 and 3 quarters, 4. Maybe we're a five. Number of people continuing to collect benefits declined to 2.6 million. It's 
a lot of people on long-term unemployment. You cannot save much money on long-term unemployment. You can find me online at robblack.com. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Facebook, Cron4, Rob Black. for a free consultation. Welcome in, Rob Black. Talking about wealth, talking about money, talking about creating wealth, managing wealth, making it last till the day you die. Talking a little headline news, talking a little economic data, whether it be housing or Elon Musk and the love affair with Tesla. Should you buy the stock? Should you not? Trends. There's trends that are changing the world right now, and I am a big investor in trends. And you can make a lot of money in trends. Again, trends could be things like baby boomers retiring and consuming more health care. It could be young people shunning frozen food or packaged food and going with you know, fresh organic food. And that could play through the grocery stores. It could play through restaurants. 2014 will probably be remembered, will be a year remembered for what was up with Casey Kasem? How did he go missing? Now, Casey Kasem went missing. He's 82 years old when he went missing. This tells you a lot about growing old. kind of sucks. This guy is famous for counting backwards the top 100 songs or top 40, was it what it's Saturday and Sunday shows? I mean, I heard, I heard him when I was a kid. I haven't heard him since, but so he got fa- oh, the top 40, top 40, that's right. So he got famous for it, and he actually got so famous that he was actually able to own buildings, buildings in Los Angeles. I think Casey Kasem's biggest accomplishment had to be the the voice of Shaggy and Scooby-Doo. That's me. He did music countdown shows like America and Top 40. Casey's Top 40. So he went missing and he went, got found. Children are fighting with the, the mother, the wife. I, I don't even know mother. But again, it shows you, you know, uh, protective services have had to come in and like figure out like what's going on here. You're in poor health and people start taking advantage of you. So you're in poor health at 82 and you're suffering from dementia. That could be you. It it probably will be you. That's one reason why you need a living trust. You need a health care mandate directive. You need to figure out before, good God, if you can figure out when you, if you have a simple will until you're 50 years old, that's great. Then you start getting a trust because you've accumulated some assets. That's the way to go. But everyone should have a simple will. And California will actually, they actually have a form that you can print out online that lets you do a simple will. Even writing it down helps dating that piece of paper. So you're a husband and wife and you got a little baby. 
writing it down like, hey, if we die, we want my sister to take the kids. That's better than, I mean, it's not legal, but it, it's better. At least, you know, the squabbling parties will have some sort of proof of what you wanted. So getting old sucks. You know, it wasn't too many years ago. My mom's pushing 80. And when she was 66, 67, she had a couple strokes. And before, maybe after one stroke, she's driving, you know, figure out the timeline of when people go down and did they, is it diagnosed or not, is tough. But she was at a grocery store, parked her car. Ultimately, police found her three miles away from grocery store, on foot, not knowing who she was, not knowing where she was, not knowing what she was doing. She almost died from dehydration, but that's kind of exaggerated things because probably someone would have stopped. You know, when you see an old woman walking around, you're like, oh, that's an old woman walking around. But when you see her on, you know, bent over, you'd probably help her, I think. I don't know. But this, again, is a reminder. You've got to get your financial house in order. You know, Casey Kasem's lucky that he had so much money. Um... So that he was able to create kind of like this cushion for himself. Let's go to John from Oakland. John, Hello. how are you? Hey, good morning. What's up? Hello? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so I had a question, uh, you know, since you were saying earlier that you might, or might be thinking that there might be a, a sell-off in the market uh, in a, or a correction uh, in a while. So what are your thoughts on tests like Telefonica? You know, whether to sell it, you know, currently, then to sit on the sideline or to keep it. And uh, then I was also wondering your thoughts on uh, Onvo, Organovo, the 3D printing stock, uh, you know, whether it's a buy or not. So I'll take my answer offline. Okay, John, you seem to like sexy stocks that are overvalued. 3D printing is a great hyper-growth play. We get it. We've seen women make makeup with 3D printers. We've seen people make guns with 3D printers. Um, obviously, the biggest names in this area at this point in time are 3D Systems and Stratasys. Um, your question about Tesla, and please don't put words in my mouth. I'm not seeing a, a, a pullback. I'm seeing that analysts are lining up for a pullback, and there is this you know sell in May and go away thing that tends to happen sometimes. Not enough that I would change the way I handle money. I buy great companies. I diversify my equities. I diversify my assets. I'm not that stressed. Tesla, they are what they are. They're a play on the future. They're not a play on the now. If you want, if you're worried about the valuation now, you sell it. If you're looking at the future, you know, some analysts would think Tesla would be wise to get out of the car business and get into the battery business. Um, Tesla's a lot of risk. I think at 140, there's a lot less risk because it's played with that area with support before. It's never played with a support level. Um, Now, what I mean by playing with support, in bad days, does it go lower? Uh, In bad quarters. Tesla's been a benefactor of of, a bull market for five years, of which it did nothing for three of those years, and it did a lot in the last two. Uh, at $15 billion or $25 billion market cap, it's expensive. 
but it's expensive because it's got product that people want in the future. They can't make enough of them now. Next year, they're going to be releasing a hybrid vehicle, um, kind of an SUV hybrid, uh, not gas-powered, but it's got multi-purposes. I think you're playing with a lot of risky names, John, and if there is a correction, they, they are going to be the ones that are sold fastest. With that said, I'm not in the business of predicting corrections. I can tell you that analysts, again and again and again, I keep seeing are, are saying, you know, look, we just hit all-time highs. There's not enough jobs right now. We're moving the right direction of jobs. It would be a pause that refreshes. It wouldn't be a 2008 bloodbath. So if you that is not the answer you want, don't call another show seeking the answer you want. Figure it out for yourself on, like, how much risk do I have in my portfolio? From those two names... They could easily both go down, easily both go down 50%. Does that freak you out? If Tesla went down 50% and I own it, I'd buy more. I'm a guy who accumulates great companies. I'm not a guy who times the market. I've never met a market timer worth a million dollars who turned $100,000 into a million. Be very, very cautious trying to look for that correction. Sometimes it never happens. Maybe it'll just be momentum stocks that correct. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. I try to bring up issues that might be relevant in some sort of monetary way to you or not. Chipotle has what are called co-CEOs. They came under pressure for basically be paying a lot of money. They've got a CEO, Steve Ells, and a CEO, Montgomery Moran, that... When you add it up, one makes $25 million, the other makes $24 million. That's a lot of burritos. That's a lot of chips in the pocket. That's a lot of tacos. And do you need two CEOs? You know, the average salary for someone you know, who's working on the front line of Chipotle is $21,000. The back office people, $25 and $24 million co-CEOs. That's more than CEOs are paid at Ford, Boeing, AT&T. Again, they have the growth in the stock price to say, ta-da! But you see where I'm going out with that. SP500 down today. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton with newfocusfinancial.com. Drop him an email, and we'll answer it here on the air. It's chad at newfocusfinancial.com. Selena sends in an email that says, My husband has the option of contributing to a 403B and or 457 plan? Should he split his contributions between the two plans? Does one have an advantage over the other? It seems the 457 allows for withdrawals, pre-retirement age, so it could be, quote-unquote, more flexible. Thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a, it's actually a pretty good thought. The person's obviously researching their options. 457 plans and 403Bs are both pre-tax plans. They're typically plans available that kind of mimic a 401K, but they're for government employees. And... Uh, 403B kind of work like IRAs. You can roll them over at retirement. 457 plans, though, and, and that's a situation sometimes when people retire early, which happens with government pensions, right? 
if they want to get at the money early, they might say, okay, I need a certain amount of cash from 55 to 60. And so they might want to plan cash flow-wise to have enough in the 457 plan to draw from early. Um, it also comes down to, in terms of where you're investing, on what the overall fees in. Those are both products that are known to be in annuities and have high fees. So you really need to look at the overall fee structure in both of those accounts. They're both the same tax-wise in terms of a deduction. Isn't it, though, a little – aren't you just complicating your life sometimes by having too many accounts? Um, yeah. I, like, I, I, mean, like, I, like I, I run into people that have 15, 20, 30 accounts. <laughs> And they just accumulated and accumulated over the years, and, and some of those have like little like thirty dollar annual service fees and or really high trading costs, minimum yeah. fees, all those types of issues. And and a lot of times, if you have you jobs swapped a lot and your four hundred one k is under five thousand dollars, they can eventually look at look say, okay, we can't find you, so we're sending you a check, or basically booting you out of the plan because of the administration costs that we have to have you in this plan. So people receive a check that maybe only had 20% withholding, but they owe, you know, 40% in taxes on it. Or that check may go to your old home, get thrown away. Sent to the state, the lost funds. And the IRS is coming, knocking on your door. Yep. When they get that report later that year. What's the difference between a 401k, a 403b, and a 457? It's really just uh, 403bs are for typically uh, school teachers, nurses, healthcare. 457 plans are typically for government employees. I've done a lot of speeches for teachers, and there's a website, 403B Compare. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's nice. What's, what's tragic to me is how many people get access to teachers. Mm-hmm. Every school district's slightly different, but the school district may have, like, insurance salespeople. And it made it – there was a law that was changed last year or the year before that we used to be able to go in – if somebody had 403B assets, we could – just take a chunk of that and move it to another 403B account. It's a TD Ameritrade, which is the custodian that I use. And they've closed down the market. So if the provider's not able to sell to current employees, you can't roll, you can't transfer out. So it locked the market down. And teachers and nurses, they only hear about the options that the salesperson is telling you about. A lot of teachers can go to HR and say, hey, is there a Vanguard option, a T. Rowe Price option, no-load fidelity option? And avoid the annuity altogether and go straight into the no-load funds. Got another email for you, Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. This comes to us from FAM. He works, I work at a large Bay Area tech company. I'm using the target date plans in my 401k. Is that a good idea to max out or should I diversify into other funds as well? You know, target retirement date is fine for your first, you know, 10, 15, 20, $25,000 if you're younger. It's it's great, but I don't like the bond choices in most target retirement date funds, and a lot of funds are kind of misleading in terms of how much risk they're taking for older people. So I think it's a good no-brainer approach if you're with kind of the Fidelity, the Vanguard, the T. Rowe Price, American Century, in the 401k, and there are no-load options. I think that's a fine approach for the younger people. But when you're older, you need more management of the fixed income and more management of the international exposure, in my opinion. Sometimes I say to people, um, they want to buy stocks, Chad. They so badly want to buy stocks. Yeah. So like, stay in indexes, stay in ETFs as long as you can. And then when you want to buy stocks, buy one and see where you stand after a year. Or if you have a spouse, you know, write down what you're going to buy, give it to her, him, and then when you're ready to sell it, you have to write it down again that you're ready to sell it. It's like dual paper trading. Mm-hmm. Most I, people just don't have the time or they won't, just, they won't follow that advice. But they'll remember. And that, that's where people get in trouble. 
Oh, I would have bought Facebook when it dipped to 18. I said I would. I see a lot a lot of times where even for people that I manage money for, they'll they might manage their own little account and the husband and wife will have a contest Right. Um, who can make the most money out of their $10,000 Roth IRA, for example. Does this contest end in love, glorious love? <laughs> Always. All money conversations in end a hot in tub. love, glorious love, in a hot tub with champagne. Who was that Ron Burgundy character? Lo- I love you. Anyway. It's <laughs> <laughs> ah, tongue wrestling. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. You can find me at Facebook, cron 4 Rob Black. Do a little TV, do a little radio. I think it's uh, a nice blend. One of the stories that recently came out that I love because it's it's right on, and yet we'll never talk about it seriously. You know, the fiscal cliff, the government shut down. One of the big losers of that was the Highway Trust Fund, Transportation Infrastructure Fund, financed by gasoline taxes. We need to start fixing our roads. Right now there's 100,000 active projects paving roads and rebuilding bridges, modernizing our transit system. States might have to choose which ones to put the brake on. Some states are already starting to slow down work because the word Congress won't untangle the gridlock on time. Right now the fundamental problem is gasoline taxes alone are no longer enough to finance the highway trust fund. We need – you have good roads. You have good transports. Transports equal good commerce. Truck orders are surging. Speaking of transports, that's a good sign for the economy. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Find me on Facebook, Crown 4 Rob Black. Twitter, Rob Black Show. interest in the success of New Focus Financial. AM 1220 KDOW Traffic. AM 1220 KDOW for best possible investment advice. And according to... Black talking all things financial money investing and more. Don't be shy. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. A couple things that I always come back to. I, I again I, I I think it's really important that you feel comfortable with, like, a knowledge base. I go back to, like, trends on a regular basis. Economic inequality is a big trend. You know, whether we like it or not, it doesn't take a supernova of economic analysis to figure out that 
the world is having problems with globalization. It's having a profound impact on people everywhere. There's a freer flow of money, ideas, talent. Labor is accelerating into that trend. It doesn't work equally well for everyone. You know, gutted factory workers in America's heartland. Those jobs went to Asia 10, 20 years ago. Now there's newly minted millionaires in Chengdu, Wuhan, to attest to that as far as globalization and factories. America's getting some of its manufacturing swagger back with lower energy costs. Demographics is a destiny. Uh, If you can grasp that, that demographics are the key to investing, you know, I think you'll hit a massive home run. Gray is the new black, in my opinion, and we're getting grayer faster. In the next two decades, the number of people above the age of 65 is expected to double, from 600 million people to 1.1 billion. The trend has economists worried about what a grayer world means. Obviously, older people cost government budgets more money through programs like Social Security and Medicare. That means rising taxes for everyone else or fewer benefits. It means less economic security. Now, older people are working longer today, and that's hurting opportunities for younger people. So it's kind of at least a dual ramification, if not more. I think one of the big trends that we're continuing to play with is, you know, a million little pieces. You know, there's just a fragmentation that's continuing to go out there. Whether it's Eastern Ukraine, Crimea, Scotland, whether it's Osama bin Laden, Julian Assange, George Soros, Steve Jobs, money, charisma, right organizing tools, create political power. Religious, economic, technological, and other social movements exist outside of traditional power structures. For good or ill, this is a a less predictable world. Space seems to be a big area of a trend right now of privatizing it. Richard Branson and Elon Musk, celebrated entrepreneurs, they're both racing into the future, as is Jeff Bezos. Over the last 20 years, private enterprise has taken a larger role in the commercialization of space, which should be good because whether it's space tourism, asteroid mining, low Earth orbit research, you know, space materials transports, a lot of technology will be created there, and they'll transfer to you and me in our lives, whether it's in airplanes or in healthcare. There seems to be a, another trend that is, how shall we say, less lovely. It's, we're creating crazy weapons right now. We started killing each other with clubs, then we moved to spears, bows, muskets, cannons, machine guns, cruise missiles. Hellfire-equipped drones. We're coming up with rail guns that use electricity to fire projectiles at seven times the speed of sound. Weapons that make people feel like their skin's burning off. So, it's a trend. And that's one of the reasons why you want to own a defense company. If you have social issues with that, it's totally fair. Robots are on the rise. Um... Stephen Hawking wrote recently, one can imagine such technology outsmarting financial markets, out-inventing human researchers, out-manipulating human leaders, and developing weapons we cannot even understand. Technology over time is going to reduce demand for jobs. That's 
period, particularly at the lower end of the skill set. So if you have a kid's day, you have to do everything you can to get them into college to create a higher skill set. 20 years from now, labor demand for lots of skill workers will be substantially lower. I don't know if people are ready for this. Other trends out there are broken politics. We're moving into a political year. There's a long-standing tradition, which I think is great, of not trusting politicians. Throw the bums out. Only 19% of Americans say that they trust Washington. Now, it used to be that Washington was great for the stock market when Republicans and Democrats would feud, or like when Reagan took over office in the 80s, you had a Republican president, you had a Democrat Congress. And that was great. It created a lot of gridlock. We have some gridlock now, and one would say maybe the current president would want a lot more initiative so that he'd be remembered that the Republicans just aren't letting happen. 32% of the French trust their government. It's not just us. And I think another big trend out there, and back to government for one quick second, they're charged with finding solutions. Monetary, fiscal, children's education, safety of food, collective defense, just to name a few. And there's just, it's getting harder and harder for them to do that. Climate change is going to be a big trend for the next 10, 20 years, for sure. But one that I, w- I want to mention is the competition for resources. You know, people have killed each other in Africa for the rights to a watering hole. I think we're going to see more of that. Half of the United States is in a drought right now. Will said chaos come to the U.S.? I doubt it, because we've got television, and we like to sit on our butts. I don't think we're organized for chaos yet. But it's fun to think about. Hey, you can find me online at robblack.com. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Who are the winners and losers on Wall Street? Visit Rob Black's YouTube channel for a fresh take on the market each weekday with Rob's Morning Market. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.